Jimmy, you're in California and you're for your time, you're very awake, which is encouraging. I'm curious to see over the next several weeks how sleepy you become <laughs> in these recording <laughs> sessions. We're gonna chart it. Yeah. As you adjust to the time. I told you guys I feel like I'm in a fancy prison cell because I'm in this hotel and you know, they're encouraging I'm not technically in a bubble, but they're encouraging me to be. They're like we really don't want you visiting and seeing anybody. I did a little Instagram story yesterday saying maybe we'll hang out at the Bob's Big Boy in Burbank. This Friday is, well, today is a podcast, but uh, this Friday is like the the car hop night where everybody gets together. But some local told me that they might not do it. She said, I haven't been paying attention. She goes, but because of what's going on, I don't think they're doing it, but I have to find out. Anyway, I am in uh, this fancy place that has exercise equipment in the building. It's it's like a it's like a residence, but it's like a hotel for they keep several of the apartments for long term hotels, and I'm in one of those apartments. So there's no there's no it's not like a hotel where they like there's people all around at your service. I'm in an apartment basically, but it's nice. And there is a door person who's really sweet. And uh, the reason I'm saying all this crap is because there's a lot of exercise equipment. So I've been exercising a lot. And it's keeping me a little yeah. bit peppy. So I'm like a little bit awake. And I did go to sleep last night at 10 o'clock, knowing that I was going to have to get up early. So I got, uh, and I, I'm shifted. So for now, it's, this is like, it's nine o'clock for me, but it's really six. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to see how your body change or like how your awakeness changes as your body acclimates to the oh, schedule. Absolutely. Man, <laughs> I'm apparently not awake yet. Absolutely cool well how is uh how is like the set and the you know the dealings with the show and stuff so far i haven't been there yet today is the first day so i got here sunday Hmm. and wow the days are going quick i got here sunday night and then uh monday and tuesday tuesday was yesterday i i've been on zoom calls with with the people on the show with the the contestants on the show and there's a few alternates this year because I guess because of COVID. So there's more people than there have been in the past. And so I'm going through all their projects with them where they have trouble spots where they just, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting mix of people because you have people that are fully capable of using all the tools. Then you have people that are really specialized in one thing and it's amazing. And you see their work and you think they could do anything, but they're like, I never touched a saw and it intimidates me. So how can we either work around it or what can you guys help me with? And that's basically what I've been doing with the makers and just going through their drawings and their concepts and, and helping them solve stuff. And, you know, it's funny because they'll be like, is there going to be nails on set or do I have to order them? Cause I'm like, no, no, there'll be nails. Don't worry about it. Like, is there going to be a oh, screw wow. gun or do I need to order a screw gun? Like, ah, uh, yeah, there'll be a screw gun. So today is tool orientation day. So today, right after we're done here, I have to go over there and see how the, I haven't been to the set yet see how the set's been built and there's multitude of covid restrictions basically keep your mask on don't hang it under your nose and don't whine about it i mean that's what every meeting starts with this is how it is (laughs) don't complain because you should be you know you we're working again don't complain you know, we should broadcast this, right. this meeting to the general public. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, we're back at it. Let's try and be safe. There's all kinds of restrictions we need to adhere to. Don't complain. It's like it's the undertext yeah. of every conversation. Uh, so I mean, not- it makes sense with that many people. Like, you want the attitude across the board of you know in the next four weeks or whatever it is to to be as good as it can be. So yeah, yeah. That, 
Yeah, I was in a I was in a one hour WebEx NBC COVID compliant meeting yesterday with hundreds of people. And uh, the woman was, you know, she's the woman in charge. And she was just like, you know, this is the way it's got to be for a little while. You know, the, the, the more we adhere to this stuff, the quicker this whole thing will get behind us. So it was, you know, it was upbeat. And it's, you know, it's funny when you meet higher executives in the TV business, they're, uh, they have a funny attitude. You know, they almost feel like they know they're privileged to have like an interesting job. And, you know, it's basically like, hey, let's let's try and have fun at this. You know, at, even at any level, when you meet anybody, they know like the TV business is fleeting and it's not necess- it's not really necessary, you know, like in the grander scheme of, you know, humanity. So everybody is has a pretty good outlook. You know, it's like a privileged job. So, hmm. you know, everybody has a good outlook. So yesterday on the meeting, nobody was complaining. Everybody was just asking some stupid, simple questions. And uh, anyway, you have to take attendance. If you don't take attendance, you know, that your name gets like a besmirch on it. So at the end, if you make sure you check in, oh, so a, a, what? They, a besmirch, I don't know, a demerit. I don't know. A, bus, so they, a besmirch. <laughs> you don't, don't get know. a gold star for the day. Yeah. So I got a turkey on my paper yesterday for sticking to the meeting with all the other hundreds of people. Yeah. At the end they said, yeah, she's like in the comment section, write your name that you've been here. And if your name isn't there, you're going to have to do this meeting again. Anyway, it's uh, it's going well as of now. Today will be the first day on set, and uh, it's going to be interesting. I'll be back on the same set. I'll be right down the block from the Back to the Future set. So I'll go over there and take some Instagram pictures if I can. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure I'm going to have like the freedom to wander around like I did last time. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But we'll find out. We'll find out. I, you know, a lot of this stuff is like a wink, wink and a nudge, you know, basically, I think. Uh, but like I said, I'll find out how serious all that is going into it. And, see. and then they are kind of encouraging me to stay in a bubble. So I have friends that want to hang out. And I'm kind of, I, I say, I got to really give it some time to see what's expected of me. You know, I don't want to be like on Instagram hanging out, you know, at a house party and then come to work the next day. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I don't want to go to a house party. I'm just saying, like, just got to be smart about it. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. I'm invited to the White House this week. I'm not sure I'm going to accept it. I got to really think about it. <laughs> anyway, David, what are you up to? <laughs> no, I want to explore that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm i not really... Bob, I'm not doing anything this week. I mean, I'm doing Nothing? stuff. Yeah, I, I have a video to edit about... Uh, we, we shot a video last week on how to reinforce mitered corners. We did 10 different ways. I just haven't got around to editing that video yet. I probably will today. And then I, uh, we were supposed to shoot every year we do, we, Kelly and I, we remake our wedding rings and retire the old ones. And we were supposed to shoot that yesterday, but something came up and Dan couldn't make it. So I took the day to go do other stuff. And then last night I was playing around with some patterns for the ring and then i thought i don't know if i want to film this maybe i want to do this on my own so i might not film anything this week um yeah i got other stuff to do i mean i gotta work on my my website is so so behind and i've got two videos in the can ready to edit uh i uh, I feel behind. I'm not that behind. I don't have any hard deadlines or obligations, but I just have that feeling of like, I need to catch up. And I don't know wh- why that is. Yeah. Well, but you, if you have two in the can, then you're actually kind of ahead. You just got to like. The, 
maybe finish those up. I think that might be part of my problem because I usually do one video, edit it, release it, work on the next one. And so I think that makes me makes me feel behind. So, But that's where we're at. You guys ever like have footage footage sitting in your computer for like weeks and it's like dreaded having to dig through it. Remember what you did and remember what your ideas were when you're shooting it. That's really intimidating that that is not yeah it's almost like relearning something because when i'm when we're shooting i'm usually editing the next day or the day after and i i'm kind of editing in my head while we're shooting and so i just take mental notes so yeah it's not fun to edit weeks later i mean i don't have to deal with it go ahead i was gonna say i'm editing vlog number 90 so i'm going through footage that's from june and july and you know up until recently and i'm having on two hard drives i have two hard drives plugged in and i'm going back and forth and i'm like hey didn't i i remember i went to the store around this time and so i'm like trying to find the footage of that but it's it's coming together nicely but uh it it definitely with this if i was doing this at home you know with the my time constraints at home and you know all the distractions i wouldn't be i wouldn't be able to do it but since i'm here hold up Hmm. in the fancy prison cell I'm able to go through the footage and, you know, take my time with it. And, and I'm chipping away at it. It's coming out good. I'm happy with the results. So it's... I don't have to deal with the the editing, you know, past stuff like that because uh, Forby and Anthony are doing all the editing at this point. But we, we have run into that really often on the R2-D2 project because it's something that is always in progress behind everything else. And so it's like, We'll shoot something for a day or two on it, and then I won't touch it again for a couple of weeks. And so whenever I come back to it, it's like, well, we got to go back and look at what the last thing we shot was mm-hmm. to see if I have to talk about the thing now or mm-hmm. if it's just more work. Or So we constantly have to go back to it. And I wonder, uh, I think the, the next version, next edit of that is almost finished, but I'm curious to see how that... Uh, how it's like the making of it has been kind of sprinkled over several months and weeks and stuff. And I'm curious to see if the story is there or if it's going to be like no talking, all talking, <laughs> mm. all the talkings at the beginning or at the end or something, you know, it, we didn't really like keep track of it. So I, I know that feeling really well because when we shoot a video that uh, typically we shoot on Tuesdays and if it's shot over multiple Tuesdays, I have to go and do a quick edit to make sure the tone stays the same when we go to shoot the, the, the following week and to know where I left off. So I have to do a quick edit and make sure it all fits. And I shot a video a couple weeks yeah. ago. I went to a, um, a sprint car race and filmed my buddy Brian and um, got all this cool slow-mo footage and and footage in the pits and of him racing and I got GoPros and crazy weird positions and there's no story there. There's, I, I don't know. I don't know how to make it a video. I boys over there, but there's no, I don't even know what the narrative would be. And so I think we're going to read a poem just to put it together <laughs> and read a poem. There's nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's super abstract. And one of the yeah. issues is it's a video unlike any of my other videos. So uh, that slows me down trying to figure out what the story is. So I'm going to put it on hold. And I think the next time I go to the track and film him, I need to, like, maybe this is how it works or I don't know. There's got to be a story. I got to have a purpose for being there instead of just getting cool slow motion footage. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that could be. I I think 
a little bit of pre-production and something like that will help you know exactly what to shoot while you're there too. We've been talking about stuff like that recently around like how do we take what has accidentally become a format for us, like how the videos are made. You know, we didn't mean for that to happen. We've just settled into this kind of rhythm. How do we take that and expand it out and make it more fluid and let the videos you know, have the room to be different things. Like they don't all have to be a setup, build, wrap up kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that is has been us ahead of time saying, okay, well, this is the project. What is the point of the project? Is it is it showing a, a task? Is it inspiring somebody to make a thing that f- makes, you know, their room better? Is it like, what's the purpose and then how can we take that purpose and get that across and not necessarily worry about whether that fits into our format. And that's that's really all just a conversation ahead of time. Obviously, you could be doing that conversation with yourself in your right. head, you know, on the way to the thing. But um, it's weird how just knowing what you're trying to get out of something will help you know how to execute the shooting and, uh, you know, the, the things to focus on, mm-hmm. and things to ignore and stuff like that. But. That's something we're trying to work on because I do want what we produce to be more varied. You know, I want to have different tones from video to video and be able to just like let things be more, let them just be whatever they are and not necessarily have to like always force a video into a format that we've already created. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's actually brings up a good point with that. I've been thinking about while I'm traveling I have this blue Chevy pickup truck that I bought from Minnesota. I bought it from uh, Derek over at Vice Grip Garage, and the front fenders are all rotted. And when I got it, I knew it. I knew that it was. I knew it was like that. And I said, "Oh, it'll be a good project for me." And then I got it, and just like I've done, tried to do car stuff in the past, I, I always get. I look at the edit, and I'm like, "This is not cool for me." It's like there's something missing trying to do a car edit. And so I've decided I'm going to get the blue truck, bring it into the barn, and over the winter, I'm going to take apart the front end and put it back together without the – I got new fenders for it and everything. But I'm going to do a talkie. I'm going to do it just like like a like a Discovery Tile show where I'm like, you know, I'm sticking to this. Oh, you know, we have a problem. So I'm going to basically shoot it like a television show where I'm talking. You know, Aaron's going to have to do some of the camera work, and, and Mike and whoever's around is going to have to hold the camera. It's going to be a little bit of – holding the camera and walking around. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and take that approach and see if I can't put together a good sequence. Similar to like I just did with the rocking chair video where it's kind of more of a docu style. So I'm looking forward to that. After I kind of decided to do that, I'm really thinking of some, you know, some fun stuff to do while I, while I do that. And uh, so I, once I broke away from the tradition and I've done it before, it's just a matter of me like realizing, Oh, Hey, stupid, do it, do it this time. And uh, once I got past that thought, now I'm looking forward to doing it, but it should be fun. So that'll be different cool. for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Let me talk about what I've been doing this week. Or actually, we did this a couple of weeks ago, but it's done. Can you, I know nobody listening can see, but can you guys see that thing? Oh, my God. What is, what is that? What a, is that a command is that a, center? Is that a flux it capacitor? Flux capacitor? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, nailed it. That is, um, so take quarters, the project that's coming out this week. And it's, it's one of my favorite things. It's awesome. I love it so much. It's basically a server rack. So we took all of the audio and computer equipment that was right here next to my desk and built it into this giant star Wars computer console. 
And uh, so it's got a big TV in it so we can preview videos in the office and stuff. And um, all of the audio and the computer equipment is all mounted in the bottom and mixed in with it is fake Star Wars computer panels and that is so cool. and there's LEDs all over it. We've been working on that for a few weeks now and I'm really, really happy with it. So. It's now my favorite it? thing. What do you call <laughs> do it? What? what do you call it? I don't know. We're not there yet. <laughs> it looks like a video game. It's just like a big video game console with lots of extra lights and stuff on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is wide. Yeah. It has a general shape as a arcade machine, but it's wider and, you know, I, I don't know. We're not sure what to call it yet because I we got to finish the video today and get it ready for when this show comes out. It'll already be out, but I don't know what to call it because I don't know what people are going to recognize as a name, you know. So Ask anyway, R2-D2. He's sitting there at your service. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, he is right there. Right there, all finished. <laughs> um, is he done? He, eh, not. No, 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 no. He's not done. But he is on feet. I see that. And he does roll around. Yeah, so that's really cool. So I've been working on those two things. Uh, the the this console thing, I don't know what to call it, is um, we've been working on that for a while, and we collaborated with uh, Brian from the Smuggler's Room. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys are familiar with him. He does all sorts of awesome Star Wars like prop builds, and he's building a room in his basement that is a – it looks like a room from Star Wars – like just an insane amount of detail. He's really good at capturing the aesthetic that was created in the movies and stuff. And so he actually made some of the panels that go onto uh, the server rack section down here at the bottom, which you you guys couldn't really see from what I was showing you, but they turned out awesome. They're like the coolest part of this whole thing. But um, even the rest of it and the stuff that I did and the methods I used for the, all the, the details on the top is all inspired by him. Cause I mean, I've been watching his videos for a long time. So I was really excited to work with him on a video. Um, so that's kind of what we've been into. And then I'm, I'm working on R2 and a couple of other things that are long-term. So we're finally beginning to get ahead a few weeks, um, which is pretty cool. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, what we're doing. Um, also, Little little mini announcement, although there's nothing to really share yet. I started recording. Do you remember my podcast Brain Pick that you guys were both yeah. on? Yeah. I s- started re-recording those, so there's oh, going to be new episodes of that coming. Out. I think we. I don't know if we talked about that last week or you not. You mentioned Maybe it. it Can you show. say who's on the new ones? Yeah. Can you say who's on some of the new ones? Uh, yet? not yet, because I want to make sure that the recording actually is editable. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard back from Brandon yet about the edit, so. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but um, I'm excited to start doing that again. And they should be out soon whenever he's done with the, the first episode. And, you know, they're not going to be every week or anything. It'll just be as I can get them done. But that's another thing we're trying to get back into and just have another piece of content that we can put out for people. So Very cool. We're working on that and stuff. Yeah, I guess that's, that's about it. Bob, I just had a vision. Um, I had a vision of... Uh... The way Anthony comes in and plops his bag down and sits in, it would be funny if, like, Anthony would come in in a couple of weeks and then R2-D2 comes rolling in and just, like, moves the chair out of the way and then stands and stares at one of the computers. <laughs> like, he becomes his own his own toy in yeah. charge, in charge of his own tasks. It's like rolling it around is kind of funny background. to, like, 
like uh, Josh posted a picture the other day where R2 was like behind him, like looking at him and it looked like a coworker just kind of like peeking over your shoulder. Just, like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's like, he's sitting there waiting for you to tell yeah. him to go get something. Go get me a screwdriver. <laughs> yep. It's funny. Like he's got his, his, his feet on, he's got his feet on now and they were a huge amount of work to get them made. They're all aluminum. And when you put them on, there's there's a couple of different angles. So, like, you have a leg-to-the-foot connection, and th- that's not tight yet because I had to make them fit, and then now I have to go back and shim them. So, right now, they can wobble like this. They can pivot. Like, you've got really loose ankles, like super old, and your ankles are all wobbly. But then, if you look at him from the side, his foot has to be able to bend like this so that his leg can lean back. And so that's wobbly as well. So basically his foot and his leg is a super loose connection in both directions. And he's got three of them. So right now when you roll him across the floor, he's like (laughs) bouncing around and wobbly and clanky and makes all this noise and stuff. It will get better. But right now it's pretty funny because it's just like he just woke up and he's bouncing across the floor. But I'm glad to have him moving around. In future videos, like the the running joke is R two D two is always in the way. Everybody, you're tripping over it all the time. You don't know where to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you can decide what his personality is. You can have him be super confident and super smart, or like a little wisecracker, or like a nerd that doesn't know where his place is. And he says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got out of the way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." He's just like always backing out of frame, like he just realized he was in the shot. That's great. Always yeah. sneaking. Like, he definitely will. He definitely will become uh, a component of the videos once you know. Once he's, we can easily move him around and stuff. Like, that's cool. I'll have him bring me things. <laughs> that'll be cool. That's super funny. Anyway, that's what I've been into. Uh, we had a, a general idea. Jimmy, you came up with something to chat about today. What, oh yeah. Well, all, all last week in preparation for my trip. I had to decide exactly what I'm going to take with me for, for two purposes, for the show and some of the detailed things that I like to do and have tools that I have to have with me. And then also for making videos and cameras. And, you know, I'm still going to be vlogging while I'm here, although I'm, the vlogs might be edited in six months from now. I'm going to definitely collect footage. So <laughs> I, had, I had to decide, you know, as, as always, I, we haven't had to travel. None of us was really – I haven't traveled since – I was away in uh, in March. I was away in the beginning of March. What what would your go bag be? Like, what does your bag look like? Because I, I put together, I have this old Halliburton suitcase. It's a big metal aluminum suitcase. And the volume of the suitcase, it's like, a, it's like your average suitcase, which you have to check, you know, your average size suitcase. And I don't know, say there's five square feet inside of it. Maybe there's four cubic feet in it. Maybe four and a half cubic feet. I don't know. But out of the cubic footage... About forty percent of it is clothes, and the rest is tools and <laughs> stupid things that I can't. You know, I'm like I'm like the jerk in in the TV, the movie, the jerk. I'm like I'm going to need this, and I'm going to need this. No, I it's guess all I'm, I need. That's all I need. This and, lamp, and I have these zipper bags, these Klein zipper bags. They're like like six by ten zipper bags that I put tools in, and I try and use them as like categorize the stuff I need. And each one of them weighs like. 12 pounds because there's like a hammer in one of them. There's, you know, I got Jocko's razor blade. I got the ones I like to use. I got, oh, should I take this pocket knife? Oh, I'm definitely going to need a dagger. Oh, the election's happening. I'm definitely going to need this pair of pliers. You know, I'm like thinking of all the, like, 
I'm, I'm thinking of like if if it gets down and dirty and it's like survival mode and I have to like belly crawl back to New York, I'm gonna need this this dagger. Right. Okay, I'm gonna need that dagger in my teeth while I'm belly crawling on the barbed wire fence in the Midwest. If I need this, uh, I'm gonna need this pair of vice grips, you know, to like to hotwire a car. You know, I'm thinking of all this crazy stuff because of the times we live in. But what do you guys think? Like, what would you think you need? And then I have to do a video for Weaver and Weaver is supplying the show with some stuff. I hooked them up. So they're going to send over some stuff. And uh, so I'm, in my mind, I want to do, I, I haven't done like a proper tooled leather, which is where you do the image in leather. I haven't done a proper tooled leather that, that I, ever. I've always dabbled with it off camera, but I never did one on camera. So I'm going to do a tooled leather bag. And so I, I went through my leather tools and I, I'm like, I'm going to need it. You know what? Let me grab all of them. Like it's like a bundle that you could hold with two hands of leather stamping tools, which I never used. I bought half of them used the other half are from Weaver. So I got like five pounds of leather stamping tools with me and a leather mallet. So that was in my bag. And you know, so like, oh, and then I needed, cause I'm thinking to myself, I want to use veg tan, which is that leather that you could dye. It's kind of like the, the, the pig skin colored leather. And I cut a big piece of that, put that in my suitcase so I could have that with me just in case leather doesn't show up on set. So I'm thinking of all these like, okay, let me get this just, you know, just in case is like the reasoning for every single thing I stuck in my bag. And also with cameras, I brought, I have, I brought two DJI action cameras, two GoPro. Um, I have one right here. I bought two GoPro uh, sessions, which I still love to use. And and Roy Crumrein gave me the Matchbox car for the session. Oh, yeah. I, I sh- <laughs> <laughs> haven't had a chance to use. Yeah, it's like a little dolly right at ground floor. Uh, I brought a I brought a Beats with me because on set, I like to play music in between camera rolls. So I have, I have two hard drives. I got, of course, my computer. Um, I'm looking around. I brought a Sony... I can't see the model number. You guys see what I'm talking about. It's like a little point and shoot that the lens pops out of when you turn it on. I bought the Sony. I bought the Canon equivalent. I just bought the Canon R, which is so big. It's like the big DSLR. I did not bring that. Even though that's like my new favorite camera, it's really good for clarity and selective focus, but I didn't bring that. It was just too much. I brought my extra iPhone. So what is like, if you guys had to go tomorrow for a month, what will you take with you? Not that much. No kid. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I want to unpack how you got all that stuff there and how it got through security and everything. I brought my computer, yeah, my seriously. iPad. Well, you know, I put it all in the thing. I brought a cup, a bunch of razor blades with me, you know, my big razor blades. Um, like, I put it all packed in the bag in the, the big suitcase. And the suitcase weighed 60 pounds. They tell you that immediately. Like, it's overweight. I'm like, <laughs> Um, <laughs> like as if I'm going to sit there and take tools out of it. They, they kind of shame you. And so anyway, so they took the bag, charged me extra money, uh, probably charged NBC extra money for the $10, for the 10 pounds. And then I have my roller, which I take on the, the and that has all the things I don't want to lose. Like if I lost that box of tools and, you know, 40% closed, that's fine. But if I, I, in my roller cases is my computer equipment and all my camera equipment and my hard drives, which have, you know, a year's worth of movies on them. I always think I'm going to, I always have this fantasy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to copy it off. I have a four terabyte drive and a two terabyte drive. So I have 60 worth of 
movies for the last year and a half, like a year and year and a few months. Like I'm going to copy that off onto another. It's going to take a month and it's not going to copyright. It's the iMovie libraries always get weird. So I bring them with me. And then the first leg of the flight is like, yeah, you're going to have to check your roller. Um, you'll pick it up on the other side. And then I'm like, okay, now if I lose my roller, what is the most essential things in the roller that I need? So I took out my computers. Yeah, yeah. I took out my laptop, my iPad, and the two hard drives and one camera in case I was like, let me just grab one of the cameras. And <laughs> so it's funny. George Collins does a whole bit about your stuff. It's a very famous bit. And then you put all your stuff. It's all your stuff in the bag. And then when you go to your friend's house, then you got to distill that stuff into a smaller bag. And then like, let's say you, you want to like go out for the day. Then you got to put only the essentials you need out of that into that smaller bag. That's exactly what I had to do while I was traveling. I didn't lose anything. They did my bag for some reason. I think I said it before we started. My my bag for some reason was on this was on a different flight. So I got all whiny and be at the baggage claim. And somebody from the television show went back to the ho- to the airport and picked it up for me a few hours later. So my big heavy bag. And of course it had the inspection thing in it. So I don't know if that had mm-hmm. anything to do with it. Like I said, it was just filled with tools. But I did get it here. But I, I, you know, I, I did have that fantasy of like, once you give it off, you're like, all right, if I never see that again, I'm going to be fine. I'll be annoyed, but I'm going to be fine. But you know, I, if I lost my hard drives and my computer, that would, that would be pretty painful. Those like, like while I'm moving around, like if I lost my iPhone, my computer and my hard drives and my flashlight, that would be really painful. I'm just kidding about the flashlight. I can look around (laughs) and keep adding. I can keep adding to that list. All I need is this flashlight. I would never, ever, 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 ever take a hard drive on a trip with me that was not backed up somewhere else. Ever. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine you doing that. You're already stressed out for me. The anxiety. I am. Yeah. There is no way I would ever do that because there are a thousand things that could happen from walking out my door and dropping the bag and destroying the hard drive right. to... The plane going down somewhere. No way. Ever. <laughs> You're more worried about the hard drive contents than your body. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I can't do anything about. I got to take all of me with me, right? I, yeah. I can't back me up. But man, right. yeah. Well, what's funny? I have two. I have two hard drives, and the four T is kind of full, and so it acts weird, and I can't copy off it. And I only have one more movie to take off of it before I could just stick it on the shelf and forget about it. And that's this vlog, vlog number 90. And so I'm editing half the vlog materials on the two terabyte and the other half is the majority of my materials on is on the four terabyte. And it was getting down to the weekend. I'm like, do I want to fiddle around with trying to back this hard drive up? It acts weird. Takes takes like a half hour for it to mount. It's so weird. So I was like, you know what? I'll just take it with me. If I lose it, I lose it. Whatever. It's not I, like most of the movies on it are published. So whatever. And um so I'm going through editing the vlog where 50% of the information is on one, the other. So every time I get to a comfortable spot in the vlog that I'm really happy with some of the sequences, some of them still need to be tweaked. There's not music, the sound's not edited, but I'm taking it and I'm offloading it anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm X, I'm bouncing it to, you know, to a file just so. So I have like three versions of it now. The first one, which is like eight minutes long. The next one, which is 10. My most recent one is 25 minutes long. So let's say that hard drive does finally crap out on me. I still have another version of it on the two terabyte drive, which is a healthy drive. So I keep bouncing it when I get to a comfortable spot. This morning, I open my computer. I'm like, okay, all the sequence from you know the four terabyte drive is still rolling. 
because I'm waiting for it. Like every time I touch it, it's like I can cook an egg on it. You know, it's 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 such a it's just a crappy drive that I somehow have corrupted, but it still works to some extent. So I'm like babying it. Yeah. Anyway, but that, there is that decision. It's like you know, I got to go with this hard drive. It's it's got all this stuff I need on it, and it, it always gets down to it. If I decide to take it with me, I'm like I should have backed it up. Too late. Just take my chances. That happens every single time. So this is not at all an ad, obviously, but um, I use something called Backblaze, and it's a um, it's five dollars a month, and it's an a thing that runs in the background on your computer, and it backs up every drive that is attached to your computer. Really? So you can have a hundred external hard drives plugged in. And it treats them as a drive and it backs them up online and puts them on the, the Backblaze server somewhere so you can always go back and download a file if you need to. So the cool thing about that is it there's no limit on the amount of space that it takes up. It's not incredibly fast. You know, it takes time for them to upload <laughs> several terabytes of information. But once your initial backup is done, then any small file changes are just pushed up, you know, and so it's not a big load. And so even if my computer caught fire and all the drives melted and everything, every single thing that was on my computer is encrypted, backed up on their server, and I can get to it. So I just wrote that down. That gave me a little peace of mind, you know, with external hard drives because they can do really weird things. They can go out in, in no time. And especially if you're working on something short-term like a video that you haven't had time to properly back up somewhere else, at least it's happening automatically. Now, that's not going to be like network drives or anything like that. It's just stuff that's plugged into your computer. So hmm. it's good to know. Tip, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so for me, as far as like taking stuff, <clears throat> man, I it, I honestly would take as little as possible. I hate traveling. I forget you're going a for month. a month in this hypothetical. Okay. Hmm. I know that I always, I don't like carrying stuff. And it goes back to my old job where we used to fly all over the place to shoot video. And I had to carry so many things all the time. And it just made traveling so, I, I, I just hated it so much. So now when I travel, I try to travel light. But the one thing that I always take too much of is camera equipment. I'm like, I don't know what kind of situation I'm going to be. So I need this kind of mic and this kind of mic, and maybe I'll grab this camera, but maybe I'm going to be in a situation where I don't want a big camera. So I'm going to take a little camera. So I'm, you know, like nobody will see me. And then, oh, maybe I'm just going to have my phone. So I'm going to have all these attachments for my phone in my pocket as well. And then I, I get to the destination and I don't use any of it. And I just, yep. (laughs) So I overpack with cameras really quick side note which i think is a really cool product and i just ordered it but smarter every day dustin posted yesterday is there a mic for a camera that on one channel on the left channel can record what's in front of it and on the right channel or the other opposite channel record me talking behind the camera and then marquise brownlee posted check out this mic which is a really cool mic it records two sources uh and i instantly bought it because i'm like this solves some of the solution and not having to pack so much um so you might want to check that out it's called the v mic d4 duo it's super cool or it looks super cool Hmm. um and so i i spend way too much money on camera equipment to try to find that perfect 
combination of things that I'll actually use and that are convenient to use. The if I'm gone for a month and, and I'm making stuff, I still need more time to think about that. Like what? I don't think I want to take power tools. I think I want to take like some veneers, a book of of construction paper, some knives, glue, and 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 see what I can do from there. I think Jimmy's talked about popsicle sticks before. Like maybe I grab some of those and throw that in the bag and just see what creative things I could come up with being outside of my normal environment. Yeah, that's a good point. I you saying that gave me the idea of instead of going somewhere for a month and having to like figure out what to do, like use that time as a I'm going to focus on something I never get to focus on. So you saying popsicle sticks and like, you know, veneers and stuff made me think, "Oh, if I had a month somewhere, I was stuck in a fancy hotel room, I would take a whole bunch of electronics components because they're tiny, take a soldering iron, they're tiny components, and it would force me to actually go as deep as I would like to go into electronics. Mm. I have like a passing knowledge of it. I have an under a theoretical understanding of a lot of things that I've never actually tried. But that's something that, you know, takes up no space, makes no noise. You could easily do in a hotel room. Like, I'm curious to see how you do all of your leather tooling with a mallet in a hotel room surrounded by other people. Mm-hmm. Gonna I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on set. I, I have to. I thought about oh, it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I have to do it on set. And I'll find time. It's going to be a tight schedule because they're trying to jam things in before, you know, God forbid there's a there's a situation or an outbreak or whatever. So yeah. it's going to be really tight. Like I asked, I said, can I make my, can I make another rocking chair on set? It'll give me something to do. And like, uh, nah, you're going to have no time. So. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, a- another way to look at this kind of a, you know, scenario would be if you're stuck somewhere for a while, take the essentials you need to, that you wouldn't normally pay attention to, you know, like maybe you've wanted to do marquetry type stuff and you take a bunch of veneers and you take a bunch of, you know, smaller things, something that takes dedication and takes practice that you can do on a small scale. Uh, I, for me, going deeper within the physical part of electronics, I think would be a really good, you know, uh, way to be productive in a small space over that kind of time. When it comes to packing, I used to be the exact same way about the camera stuff, David. I think you and I have been to many maker fairs together where we both completely overload on camera gear <laughs> and don't use a single bit of it. Yep. But I've done that many times and then it got to a point to where I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just not taking cameras anymore. And I stopped. <laughs> and and then even then it was like, well, I'll take my laptop in case I need to edit a video or I need to do a thing on the computer. And then I carry on a backpack with a laptop in it all day long at some event. And it's like heavy and I never use it. And so over the years, my travel uh, kind of pack, especially my day pack, has gotten smaller and smaller. And now if I go on a trip, if it's more than a couple of days, I might take a laptop. Otherwise, it's iPad or just my phone, bare essential clothing, like count the number of days, add one. That's how many pairs of socks. That's how many pairs of underwear. <laughs> that's how many T-shirts and a single pair of jeans. I'm good. Like, and a fanny As pack. little as possible. And a fanny pack. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no fanny packs for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I take as little as possible. I think with the with the tools, though, like I would, I would always go with you know, a maker knife or like a multi-tool mm-hmm. and then just kind of like let that be it. I don't know. I don't really want to carry around a whole bunch of stuff. What were you saying, Jimmy? I was going to say, I always have this, uh, you know, this, and it's so ridiculous because, you know, it, when you travel, there's always a place to get whatever you need. 
I brought both of these point and shoots in, in the event that I run out of battery. That's really the problem. Cause like, if I'm on like a situation where I'm like going hot, for instance, like on set and I'm doing, I'm making a video that's like, you know, between the action and the battery dies. I'm like, oh, I got my other camera. So I can just jump to that. You know, you can, you can buy more than one battery. Not Get out of here. Camera, right? <laughs> Get out. Really? It's, no. How many of your Macs did you bring? Did you bring your uh, PDF reading Mac? <laughs> and the battery dies on one Mac? One MacBook. You just get the other no, I just have one. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. So I have uh, I have this, this Sony. Um, I, I can't remember what the model number is because people are going to want to know. The RX100. You can just make it up. Yeah, I have the I have the RX one hundred. Then I have the new Canon, uh, you know, GX seven. I think it is, and I have chargers and batteries for both of them. I have no idea where they are. They, I might as well just buy them, open the package, and throw them away. This way, I know where they are. They're in the garbage can, <laughs> because other than that, I just get myself frustrated. Thankfully enough, both of them charge with a plug in. I never seem to not have a charging cord with me of any one of the multiple plugs. I have seventy five thousand charging cords with me. And so I can plug both of them into just a power source and they both charge. So they are a charging unit in and of themselves. So I try to bring extra batteries with me, but I'm horrible at it. I just always seem to misplace them. It's, it's sort of like this mental emphasis you put on stuff. It, it, it's like if it's not that important, you just can't remember it. And obviously batteries are important, but to me, the camera is obviously more important. And <clears throat> I, I also have my iPhone 11, which is my backup phone. I have a 10 and an 11 and the, the 11 has a better camera in it. And and it's not a camera. It's not the phone I use. So it doesn't, it has a lot of space for video in it. So the other night I went for a long walk when I first got here and I was like, Oh, let me shoot some signs. And I'm like, let me take which camera. With? I'm like, oh, let me just take the iPhone. It just sits flat in my back pocket and I can listen to my podcast on the 10 and I could use the video, the other one. And so at the end of the day, I probably, all I had to do is just bring my other iPhone. I could have shot everything I needed to do on my other iPhone, you know, with the, uh, with packing tape and, sticks and clamps i could have just jigged it into any direction i want so anyway so i have three good cameras with me a few gopros yeah yeah i have too much shit with me so you can believe that i was gonna say (laughs) do you do you regret that packing like now that you're there now that you i mean i know you haven't gotten to set yet but do you already regret how much stuff you have with you? Honestly, no, because when I look back and I think to myself, okay, I have two two suits. I have my my roll on. I have like a, it's a the brand is a, a Pelican case. My buddy works at Pelican case. He's actually one of the designers there. And last time I came to California, he gave me a rolly Pelican case molded in red, which is great. I love it. I use it now all the time. And in fact, I have like all maker stickers in it. So I took it to to a couple of events since I had it. And the entire interior is just full of maker stickers, you know, people in the community. And uh, so I like it when I open it up. It's like a little sentimental thing to me. So I have those two boxes and a little tiny tote bag from Total Boat that I got at WorkbenchCon. So those are my three things. If anything fits in those three things, that's it. If it fits outside those three things, it can't come. So I'm leaving with those three bags. And I came with those three bags. But I know... Last time I left California, I FedEx back like five boxes from set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I, I, I noticed- know I can FedEx. NBC's got like a crazy deal with FedEx. It's like they literally like 10 cents on the dollar. So they're like, put whatever you want in a box. We'll just send it back to you. So I got like four oh. or five boxes. Each one weighed like 50 pounds back to New York. Of like, So you're... 
random stuff. So you're going to f- try to figure out how to find some crazy bandsaw out there and put it in a FedEx box <laughs> and have them ship it back for you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, what were you going to say? I did notice the three of us took a completely different approach. Like, Jimmy, you are preparing for survival. Bob wants to use the situation to learn something. And I I chose to, like, just create something out of, out of, out of nothing. It's just mm. weird that the three of us took a different approach to it. Oh, no. Well, once you get yeah. to, like, 53 years old, you start thinking, like, okay, I only have a couple more years left. I'm going to take everything I need with me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like spring chickens. You guys have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're so far ahead of us, man. Man, it's, it's been nice knowing you. And I got and I got four Olight flashlights with me. These little hat lights. I got I brought oh, I have four of them in the city with I mean in New York that I'm always just swapping off the charger. And so I brought all of them with me. I'm like, man, what if I lose one? What if I lose two? What if I lose three? What if I lose all four? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How many hats did you bring? Because what oh. if you lose uh, your hat, but you have four flashlights and no hat to put it on? I mean, did you back up on hats? I got okay. two hats with me and one Velcro American flag, just in case stuff gets real. I could stick it on there. People won't know what side I'm on. <laughs> That's great. Do you have a um, an emotional connection to any kind of any particular flashlight? Like I have like the little Harbor Freight ones that cost a dollar at the checkout, and they work good for me. Lately, I have. I and this is not an endorsement, although I've been trying to do a commercial with them for four years. Olight. I have a little O light. I don't know what the model number is. Oh, it's it's here. It is. It says the uh, the five S R one baton two, and it's a, just a little. It's got a little uh, clip on it that goes on the brim of the hat, and the I've decided now I'm never ever going to buy another flashlight where you got to remove the battery and put a new one in. That is completely. I've moved on in time and space. I will never buy another flashlight where you have to remove batteries and put batteries back in. In fact, mm. I don't think I'm ever going to buy anything that I can't just plug in. That's why I have a hard time replacing the batteries in the camera, because that means I have to open it up and take them out and put them back in. That that like has <clears throat> I completely is like I'm a pet peeve of mine now. Like anything that I can just plug into a charger and then leave overnight is is the absolute uh, criteria for buying something. I, I swear to God, I got to be at Home Depot. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, and I'm like realize. Oh, it doesn't have a recharge port. I don't want this. I have to buy double A's for it. I don't, it like huh. completely diminishes my interest in buying it, regardless of what it is. So if it's like a power level or something, that's a, that was the last experience I had to kind of, I'm like, well, this isn't really for me. I bought it for Taylor. I bought her a digital level because she's been doing all the concrete work in the backyard. So I got her a digital level for huh. her plumbing experience. But you have to buy batteries for it, which is so annoying because then I buy a four-pack of batteries and I stick the two in the level and then I'm stuck with two batteries in a ripped-up package that just bounces around and I don't know what to do with it. So what we do, we have uh, this battery wall up here and we have two rechargeable battery chargers that can hold eight batteries each. And then Anthony printed, 3D printed these little battery containers. So we always have the charger full and once those are charged, they come off and they drop into these little containers. And then as we have, you know, batteries that are dead, they go right on the charger. So there's always like at least 10 charged batteries for every, because our microphones use double A's and some of the cameras do and stuff like that. Can you charge so, like a regular Duracell double A? It has to be a rechargeable battery, not oh, just like a okay. thing. But we only buy those so that we don't have to spend the money and always have those extra ones laying around. 
they're always on the charger or always in the bin ready to grab. And that's made it a lot easier. But I, I do, I see the thing in not having that separate piece to deal with and just being able to plug in the device, except that, you know, like you have to have two cameras there because when one device is mm-hmm. then out of battery, then you have to actually swap and then you got images on two different cameras and stuff like that. So yeah, and that, that makes more sense though. Like not, you know, not having a charge charging port could be a problem. Yeah. So like I, I see, it's funny. I, I was looking online the other day at uh, a different brand of flashlight and I was like, I'm in the middle of going through like the Amazon post for it. And I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, Oh, this, this isn't, I forget. I like immediately lost my mojo for the concept. I was like, I like the styling of it. I like what it could do, but it takes a battery that you got to stick in and close the cap. <laughs> Not interested. Absolutely, will kill any sale if it if it's not chargeable. You know, going forward, like huh. you know, like obviously GoPros and and uh, you know DJI action cameras all come with rechargeable batteries. You know, but you yeah. could you could have two or three. I'll never ever do that. I remember when I first was getting into GoPros, I always had extra batteries for the GoPros. I never knew where they were. It would drive me crazy. I'm like, oh, my battery's dead. I know I have an extra battery with me somewhere, and then I'd find it the day yeah, later. I think that's. That's why we have like the charging section on the wall with like all the chargers for all the cameras and all the everythings. I carry this uh, Coast flashlight and it uses two AAAs, but they, these are rechargeable, so yeah. they're I can easily yeah. you know. Well, you got a system. When this dies, I it's just swap them out. I'm so. scatterbrained. I, every system I have just goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps when I mean when you have multiple people that all have to know like where the batteries are and the cameras always have to be rolling and stuff like that, you know. Having yeah. a system in place there helps with that. No, it's funny. And this is off the subject, but you're absolutely right. With Aaron around the shop, uh, you know, out of respect to him, I try and keep his systems in, in play as best I can. And, you know, once, you know, because we're both too respectable human, you know, we're both adults. It's like, I don't want to disrespect him by not following his thing and vice versa. So systems these days are getting a little bit more implemented and a little bit more adhered to, you know, so. Yeah. When you get back, your shop's going to be all rearranged. Oh my God! Him and Mike, both, Aaron and Mike, both just kept saying, "Boy, when you're gone, you have no idea. You have no idea." <laughs> Mike is a real New York. He's like, "Dude, you have no idea. When you're gone, forget it. Forget it. Just forget it. You have no idea." Like that's what he keeps telling me. I'm like, oh no! And Mike is a neat freak, and so is Aaron. So I really trust the, what they're about to do, or whatever they're going to do. I trust them. And then actually, another hmm. interesting, and this is another little interesting announcement. Some people have been noticing it on Instagram. Aaron, who's been my assistant for about a year now since Brett moved to California. Uh, Aaron uh, came from San Francisco maker scene. He worked at the Crucible and he worked with the guys on uh, Mythbusters. And so he's been in the maker scene for a while. <clears throat> and Mike, my friend who lives near me, we became friends in the last year. He's a New York City fireman. Aaron and Mike teamed up and, and got a workshop in my complex. So now I have my shop, which is about a 5,000 oh. square foot warehouse that I rent. And from my landlord, they rented a space, which is about 1,500 square feet. It's a little garage port. And then right next to it is like another 2,000 or 3,000 square feet that they can move into if they decide they want to expand. So now they're going to be in my complex. And so I'm going to give them some of my machines. They're going to take one of my extra CNC machines, and they're going to try and develop a little business in there. So we'll see Wow, how that works. So the, the takeover of East Durham is, is spreading to the maker scene. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my goal. So are they... Are they still going to be helping out in your shop as well? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Mike needs some separation because Mike's been working on his garage on a lot of different stuff. And, uh, you know, he says his garage is getting crowded. It's starting to become 
you know, too crowded with tools. So that was why he wants. He only lives like two miles away, like I do. So he wants it just a little bit of separation from the house, so he can have like machines at, at work, place to go to, and uh, and and Aaron just wants his own world because he brought with him a lot of stuff he actually moved his whole life from california to new york so he's got a lot of stuff in storage and he wants to open up and he's got plenty of tools still he's got laser he's got uh, you know a lot of tools that uh you know that he used that he brought with him and he wants to get them set up and so having his own space i think will be really good for both of those guys so that's exciting. Like, so it's been on my Instagram a little bit, like they're tagging me and I'm tagging them. So that's, that's why I just clarify. Cause some people don't really understand. Like, did you get a new shop? I'm like, no, cause you can see my cars in the background. It's like it, the, this whole big giant parking lot. I have the back of the parking lot, which is its own separate building. And then going down around the left, there's like four or five more rentals. <clears throat> and so these guys rented one of those, like I said, and there's room to expand into that building as well. So who knows, you know, the takeover is slowly. Slowly happen. Are there other people back there that you don't know that are doing stuff, or is it just just you guys? No, well, it's it's just us as far as makers, and then Tom is on the is on my other side. His name is Tom. He's a New York City police officer who collects antique tractors. So he's always got cool projects going on. He collects like tractors and excavators. He's got probably about eight thousand square feet of buildings. My whole complex used to make used to be a speaker factory. So where my shop is in East Durham, Becker's Speakers, which was actually an international brand, Becker's Speakers, and they made speakers for like Lafayette, if you remember Lafayette and Realistic. Those are old brands from, from uh, you know, oh, the, yeah. the 80s. All those speakers used to be made in East Durham. They were made <laughs> in this factory complex. And the place poisoned the water table with uh, some solvent that they were throwing out on the ground and then it got shut down by the EPA and this place sat kind of abandoned like a you know like a, a an environmental hazard and then slowly it started coming back I I don't this is I've been in East Durham now for 16 years and this happened just that 16 17 years ago so I never really noticed it the EPA came in and dug up millions of yards of dirt from this whole comp- complex and like trucked it away and then replaced it with new dirt to try and mm. heal, try and heal the land. And uh, it's it's finally starting to. I ask the guys every now and again because they come and test the water. There's like five or six ports that go down to the water table, and they these guys go over there and test the water. And they said it's it's definitely coming back to normal, but it's taken all this time. So that's why that whole complex got shut down, and then it sat abandoned. And then somebody in the neighborhood purchased it, and then he's my landlord, and so he's been. Hmm. So there's me, Mike, there's the can collector guy, and then there's an auction house. These guys buy and sell antiques. And then there's the flea market, which is the majority of the, uh, it's like 20,000 or 30,000 square feet flea market. And my landlord knows my long-term goal is to buy the building from him so I could have like maker, the ultimate maker space. Bob, you have to say that in your voice, the ultimate maker space. The ultimate maker space. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going to be my advertisement. <laughs> Come to East Durham too, and then I'm going to. That'll be fifty thousand dollars. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'll send that in at Um, PayPal. We have a couple of emails. Uh, It's it's we're running long, but I wanted to make sure that I I called these out. We got some emails from patrons to answer questions from last week. So uh, Philip Greenberg said, uh, "Send in the thing you were talking about the wires, how the the wire got cut, and then you got you tried to put them back together, and it wasn't working, and you had to twist them." 
He said that he has a background in aircraft wiring, and the reason that those are twisted is because the computer actually measures the voltage on the two wires for interference. And if they're twisted, then they gather interference the same. And so that kind of cuts that interference out of the signal, you know. And so that's why they're twisted. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, there you go. Because wow. I never knew that. Yeah. And then there were a few people who, uh, Gene is one of the emails that I see here. Gene Jordan wrote in about using a QR code um, in your book, David. Remember, you were talking about how there might be mistakes. Oh. And we were talking about how do you update that. Yeah. Apparently, that's called an errata. Yeah. Is having, yeah, that thing. And putting a QR code in the book might be a good idea. You can point people to a... I, an update. I saw that you forwarded that to me and uh, I'm like, well, the book's already at the press. So, oh, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But <laughs> no, uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. So thanks to those people and a couple other people sent in messages around those, those same topics. So that was helpful. Our patrons are awesome, which is a fantastic segue for me to talk about the people at patreon.com slash making it. That smooth, was not planned. Smooth. Just worked out really well. Smooth. Um, we have a lot of people that help us out over there and make this show happen, which is really super cool. We're really grateful for all of them. And no matter what level they support us at, they get the after show, which is more of us talking about secret stuff. Maybe I'll say who the first guest on Brain Pick is this week. <gasps> I don't know. We'll see. Um, but big thanks to our top supporters over there. Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowen Designs, Make Shape Create, and Odin Leather Goods. Odin sent a video. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Odin sent a video of him in his car with his kids, and they were listening to the podcast. And when we said his name, all the kids started screaming. It was really super cute. Um, thanks. That, that was very cool. Uh, anyway, big thanks to everybody that helps us out over there. And if you want to get the after show, you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. We would appreciate it. I have a recommendation. Do you guys have a recommendation Meh. for this week? Meh. Meh. <laughs> sort of. All right, Jimmy, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, it, it's it's. It's no groundbreaking pick, but I'm just so intrigued with the editing and the and the video making and what Alex and Will have put together. Alec and and Will have put together over at uh, Alex Steele's channel is just incredible. Those guys, I mean, they just keep getting mm. better and better. And the series of them rebuilding the power hammer, same power hammer I built, but they're deep, they're digging way deeper into it than what I had to do. Is uh, it's just it's an incredible series. I mean, the guys are just so good, and the energy and the editing, it just keeps me engaged. So. Just good job to those guys. They're rebuilding the same power hammer that I have and the same power hammer that Hand Tool Rescue has. And they're redoing, you know, all the important bits. So it's just good to see them. It's fun to watch them learn how to do all the machining and, and everything. And, you know, it's broken into a series. And so it's great. That's it. I'm done. So my recommendation is a channel you may not have heard of. It's this guy who's a blacksmith. His name is Alex Steele. And there's another <laughs> blacksmith who's worked with him who's named Will. And they're restoring a power hammer. And it's super cool to watch. <laughs> Dang it. Jimmy, <laughs> I stole my pick. Sorry. I was watching. It, it is a super cool series. They're working on Will's power hammer. And they're having to rebuild so many parts that, like, from scratch. And especially the part three video that it came out yesterday, I think. Yeah, I watched was the, the one I watched. And... Man, like, you can tell Will has some machining and lathe experience, but he keeps saying, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. But then he's doing stuff that I'm like, man, like, that He made that tap really yesterday, complex. which is 
amazing. It's you know, it, it, yeah. I saw him make the tap. They he ruined a, a like a like a, 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 a an inside thread got damaged. He didn't ruin it, but it got ruined because of the heat and whatever. And he's like, "Oh, we don't have a tap. That's seven eighths. Let's just make one." And like that little yeah. thing, like I probably would have came to the same conclusion. But when he said, we don't have a tap, I'm like, oh, that's annoying. They're going to have to get one from McMaster Car. And then all of a sudden he goes, yeah. we're just going to have to make one. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I never even thought about making your own tap. That's crazy. And then you watch him do it and you're like, oh. So, Bob, when you were saying to yourself, do I really need a lathe? Do I really need a bridge port? After watching those guys, you've got to feel inspired. Oh, last night after I watched that video at midnight, I was like, I, we were getting ready to go to bed. And I was like, Jenny, I don't feel like going to bed. I want to go down and play with the bridge board. And she was like, well, See you go for it. And I didn't, but I was, I was like, cause I don't have anything to do. I didn't have a, you know, I don't need to make a tap. But after watching him do all those operations, I was like, man, that's like, I want to know that. I want to <laughs> do those things. I just don't have the project. I don't have the need, but he was you know, he needed this part to do this thing. And so he made it. And yeah. then that caused another thing. Well, yeah. now I need this part to do that thing. And it was just this chain of events. Super cool yeah. and very inspiring. And I actually sent him a message last night. As soon as I finished it, I'm like, dude, <laughs> good job. Yeah. You're making me want to actually learn those tools. So you, what you need, anyway. you, you need to get yourself a, like a, you know, like a bandsaw restoration or just some sort of old piece of metal that needs to be restored. And that's when you start finding just all those so very, make parts for it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So let's see if David recommends the same video. Hey, David, do you have a recommendation? Uh, Alex Steele. So <laughs> Who's I, that? And you guys are uh, so inspired by, the, by that series of videos that they're doing that mine is not as, it's not going to cause you to get up and go do stuff. But I started watching this documentary last night on Netflix called Dick Johnson is Dead. And so this filmmaker, she is... Uh, her dad is getting really old. He's like 86 years old and she's filming. She's like, can I make a movie about you dying? And he's, you know, he's, he's fine. And he's like, uh, okay. And so she puts him in all these different scenarios up where he's like an air conditioner lands on his head and she films that and they bring in like stunt people to do that. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'm not giving anything away. They start, they start off, uh, they go to a church and they buy a coffin and they put him in a coffin and uh, he, he pretends to be dead. And then like their friend who's the, the pastor there is just like, this is super weird. I'm not comfortable with this. Like, um, and I haven't, I haven't gotten all the way to the end of the movie. I started it last night and then I'm I it was time for bed, but um, it's just interesting. And I've never, it's, it's dark and, weird like you you know who films scenarios of their fa- their old father dying so it's interesting it's it, it, hmm. I, i'm bracing myself for an ending that uh i'm not going to enjoy but uh, <clears throat> i don't yeah. I, I, I don't know i maybe i don't know i'm not giving anything away i'm just like it's quirky and fun and dark and i don't know where it's gonna end so i'm i'm recommending something i haven't even finished yet well, it all ends in the same place. It, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct. <laughs> we'll see. Cool. All right. Well, you guys got anything else for oh, for this week? That's it. Mm. That's mm. it. All right. Okay. Then we're good. I can. It's funny. I can see in your camera that the sun has come up while we've been talking. Your room is so much brighter than <laughs> it is. It was, Jimmy. I'm facing the courtyard. Yep. 
Nice. Cool. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we are going to head to the after show. And we'll see you there. Thank you. Love you. Thank you.